Welcome to the OBG Med Student Podcast. I am Dr. Tanya Wright, the Medical Student Clerkship Director at Penn State College of Medicine, and I'm really hoping that you guys find these podcasts helpful on your journey through the OB-GYN clerkship. During these podcasts, we will review cases and material that cover mostly the APGO learning objectives, as well as the Beckman and Ling 8th edition textbook in order to best prepare you for your shelf exam. APCO is the Association of Professors of Gynecology and Obstetrics. They are a team of OB-GYN clerkship directors and medical educators from the U.S. and Canada who give their input with making these educational objectives that cover over 64 topic areas. The APCO website and resources can be found at www.apco.org students, and the textbook is available through the George T. Harrell Library website. Many of these podcasts will be interview style, and you'll get to meet a bunch of my expert colleagues from a variety of subspecialty areas, as well as some of our resident physicians, like Dr. Tess Chase. Dr. Tess Chase is a third-year OB-GYN resident who is here to help me today introduce our podcast. Dr. Chase and I, as well as some of our colleagues, will cruise through topics in no particular order, but will mix things up a bit to cover a variety of high-yield women's health topics. Many of these topics will correlate to the APCO learning objectives as located on the APCO website. If you guys have any questions with regards to the content or need further clarification, I have an open door policy and you can also email me. So with that, let's get started. This is episode one with Dr. Tess Chase. And today we'll be reviewing what it is that residents want you to know before starting your rotation. All right, so it can be kind of daunting to start your third year, go on to a clerkship that you've never been before, and go on to a clerkship that honestly speaks an entirely different language than the majority of medicine. So hopefully these tips coming from a resident will help you be prepared for your time on the OBGYN clerkship. So when you start third year, everything changes. You go from traditional didactic learning to something that's more unwritten and less formal. You have to adapt to new team attendings and nurses every day, and there are no clear rules. There are real patients in real situations, and expectations change as well. There's a lot more stress associated with it, and it's not necessarily a nine to five job. Nights, weekends, medicine is a 24-hour business. And a lot of times, grading is subjective. So this is different than anything you've ever experienced before. So what comes first? Patients. So everything else comes second. That means education, sometimes food and sleep, and of course, Instagram updates. There's no more classroom bubble that you've been used to. It's much less structured, and self-learning is something that is required. You will not be given a textbook to read. You will not be given a written exam. But well, you might have a textbook and you might want to read it, but what Tess is trying to say is that now there'll be multi-modality learning, right? So you'll be learning from clinical experiences and from hands-on work and less so from formal didactics sitting in a classroom. So with that being said, where does all of your education and learning happen? Well, it happens on the wards. It happens on rounds, in the OR, seeing patients in the ED, and in the clinic. Assessments of your learning and of your knowledge base will, will likely occur in these non-traditional settings that you're not used to. It won't be 
tests. It will be like impromptu pop quizzes. Yeah, it won't be an essay, but it might be like, hey, what do you think this artery is, or what do you think this vessel is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not to say that you won't have a shelf exam at the end, but the day-to-day -day assessment of your knowledge will not occur in a traditional classroom setting. So when does this education and learning happen? It happens after patient care. So if you can help your team take care of whatever small task, that will help free up time for education and learning for you in the long run. So what is your role in the day-to-day? -day? So check with your senior on the service. See what is required of you, what their expectations are. Setting goals and expectations is always a good way to be successful. Mm -hmm. If you are unsure of what the expectation is, how can you meet it? Mm -hmm. I agree. So if you see your team get up, get up and go with them. Don't just sit and keep reading. Try to be aware of what's happening around you at all times. Even if, you, if it means accidentally following them to the bathroom. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but if you don't follow them, you may miss something like a delivery. Um, oftentimes on labor and delivery, it's very fast paced and it's easy to miss things. Aside from your seniors' expectations, some general things that you can do to be an effective team player are be proactive and show up on time or even early. Believe it or not, this will get a lot of points. Punctuality is key. Try to be aware of the unwritten rules of medicine and the team dynamic. Always try to maintain professional behavior with every interaction, no matter if you're tired or hungry or haven't been to the bathroom in six hours. It is of utmost important to always be kind to other residents, nurses, OR staff, attendings, and patients. Sometimes when you're tired, this isn't always easy. We want you to be involved, but consider how you may come across. Are you coming across too familiar? Remember, this is a hospital setting. This is a very professional setting. So some of your goals should be to understand how a hospital team functions. What is your role within the team? How do you fit? Become familiar with each member's role, including your own. Work within the team. Know your patients better than anyone else on the team. Know their vitals, their medications, their ins and outs, their plan. Do your best. Also, practice your patient presentations. Things to try to avoid. Try to avoid looking at your phone during downtime unless you're actively looking up something that could benefit the team. You don't have to know everything, but try to be familiar with some of the most common concepts that you may encounter within the day. Try to study up on fetal heart tracings before you go to labor and delivery. You don't have to be an expert, but it will show that you've been proactive by even trying, and that will gain you a lot of points with your team. One last thing, even if you don't plan on going into OBGYN, medicine intersects with every field. So try to find something that intersects with your chosen field. Say you wanna go into anesthesia. Well, why don't you learn about obstetric anesthesia for the day? Mm -hmm. That's a way to become engaged and to learn something for your future. So just because you're not going into OBGYN doesn't mean that you still can't learn a lot from this clerkship. Tess, thank you so much today for your tips. I think that all of these tips will certainly help the students navigate this awesome rotation, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you more on other healthcare topics.